is Wednesday night, April 21st, 2021, May 5th. Happy Cinco de Mayo, everybody. I am Stephen Mulehausen from DAZN, combat sports reporter extraordinaire. Daryl Rivera not joining us tonight. Daryl recovering from his second COVID-19 shot. Good Lord. I know how that feels. I just had that done. I swear to God, it's not fun. So if you have not gotten your first shot yet, trust me. If you're not getting your first, know your second. You're not looking. You don't look forward to the second one. That second one sucks. It sucks bad. I woke up yesterday morning. Just feeling like horse manure. I never, I haven't felt like that. And I'm not a guy, full transparency, I'm not a guy that really gets sick. Really not. But man, I felt like crap. And that wasn't fun. I don't wish that second shot on nobody. I was had the chills. I was tired. I had everything, I had a fever, everything in between. That second shot sucks. So Daryl, Daryl, I had a bad headache. Daryl's not doing well. So we will have Daryl back on late, hopefully later this week, as I hope he gets better because that shit is not fun. But this is the Walkway to Fight Club. I am Steven Mulehausen. Recapping, and you see it at the scroll, blood and guts from Daly's Place out in Jacksonville, Florida. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Daniel Bryan. We're going to talk about some cool, a cool podcast that's coming out tomorrow. Guys are going to want to listen. A couple cool things that, that have already been released this week. A great podcast with Jeff Jarrett. Talks about his new podcast, My World with Jeff Jarrett, along with Conrad Thompson. We talk about that. The controversy with No Mercy 1999 and why he does not mind talking about it, which still to this day boggles my mind, and I really don't completely understand why Jeff, why it doesn't bother Jeff, because in all honesty, it would bother me. I'm not going to lie, and I have a, I have a deep respect for Jeff, and I just don't get why... Jeff doesn't mind. I don't get why Jeff doesn't mind talking about it. I would be tired of talking about it. We talk about that. Favorite guitar shots and why it involves a different strokes. <laughs> That's a pretty cool story. We'll talk about that and a whole lot more. We released it earlier today. The interview. One of the stars in the, of Blood and Guts, Sammy G. Sammy Guevara of the Inner Circle. We talk about the match. How he was going to prepare for the match after a 105-day return. The influence of the man he saved tonight, Chris Jericho. Um, having Does he feel he has the it factor? Is he one of the four pillars of AEW? And he goes in detail. First time. The whole situation with Impact Wrestling. 
and his frustration on that and why he feels like 100% that he got a bad rap out of that whole ordeal. That's you can, It's real simple, guys. Find those podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all your favorite podcasting platforms. Don't forget, if you're watching via Facebook tonight, it's simple. Leave a reaction to the video. Thumbs up, thumbs down, love, good, bad, or indifferent. We already have a, have a question or a comment, so make sure you guys leave a question or comment as well. If you're watching via Facebook Live, I'm, if you're watching via YouTube, <laughs> get mistaken. It's simple. Just leave a thumbs up to the video and subscribe to the channel. Matt Ward, from what I saw on Facebook, the undercard matches were not taped live. They were not. This is what I know. They were taped. A couple of those were live. The ones that were taped live were that were live were Cody and QT Marshall. That was definitely live. And the tag team match was live. So I don't think the Omega match was. I really don't think so. I think that was taped the other day or taped last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was. But no, I know the last two matches before Blood and Guts, I know were definitely taped. But they, that is a. Because there was a running theme that maybe they weren't, but they actually were. So, but we let's get into the show a little bit here. This show was something. Let's just kind of. Let's just go right into it. It was the pinnacle. It was the pinnacle led by MJF, Wardlow, FTR, Dax Harwood, Cash Wheeler, Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard outside against the inner circle, Chris Jericho, our new buddy, Sammy G, Sammy Guevara, Santana and Ortiz, and the powerhouse, Jake Hager. The winner, the winners, the pinnacle. MJF was about to throw Chris Jericho, a bloody MJF was about to throw a bloody Chris Jericho off the top of the the cage. Sammy Guevara said, no, 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 no. We surrender. We surrender. Because MJF's like, you, you, I'm going to throw him off if you don't surrender. If you don't surrender and Guevara surrendered, the pinnacle wins the match. And that bastard. That, as Tony Schiavone said, that piece of shit. Maxwell Jacob Friedman threw Chris Jericho off the top of the cage. I liked the match. The match was pretty good. It was it, it lived up to what we all expected. I thought it was cool. We had blood. Guts were shattered. Splattered. We seen... We've seen the pine wood under the ring. Ring ropes taken off. Baseball bats. We've seen barbed wire. We've seen a little bit of everything tonight. And God, Bali, it was fun. I love the, the announcing. want to give Tony Schiavone, Excalibur, and Jim Ross their props. The announcing really helped sell this match, too. Them in the crowd. That crowd in Jacksonville was awesome. You can't go any more than that. 
they were that was a great crowd. That's a like the crowd, you know, like I wish we'd get that more at WWE. But AEW has <laughs> I always and I keep saying this. They don't insult the fans' intelligence. Unlike what we see on WWE television, a lot of insulting of the audience. And that's well, that's why some people are more than that's why a key person's more than likely leaving. One of the reasons why. But You know, you get these matches, and you don't know if they're going to live up to the hype. This match got a ton of hype. It was everywhere. Everybody and everybody was covering this. New York Post, Sports Illustrated, DAZN. Man, the big hitters. CBS. Big hitters were covering this. This was a big deal. These guys were making the media rounds. You don't often get Chris Jericho doing media. And the fact you've seen guys, you've seen Chris Jericho, you've seen Santana, Yahoo, Santana and Ortiz. He had MJF doing a spot with Yahoo. We had Sammy Guevara. I had Sammy Guevara for the zone. You've seen a lot of these guys getting out there. I know Jericho did a couple hits. I think he did one with Wrestling Inc. and the Wrestling Observer. So. So. It was Tony Khan, I know, was on Busted Open uh, earlier today on Sirius XM. So. A lot of. The match got a lot of hype. And I think this will probably be their biggest rating of the year. One of the biggest ratings of the year. I got to remember, we're only in May. So, but I thought as a match, the show was pretty good. This match was awesome. This is the best TV match I've seen this year. And I've seen a lot of good TV matches. This was the best. And it's not even close. Um... We've seen everything. I really loved one of my favorite and one of the star of the match to me was Sammy Guevara. You could tell Sammy was anxious. He hadn't been in the ring in a hundred. It was 105 days. And he wasn't happy with that wrestling for 105 days. And he let it all hang out tonight. As he said, you can find the podcast in the archives. Sammy said he was going to go out there and he was going to steal the show. Well, goddamn, Sammy Guevara, you stole the motherfucking show. Bravo, sir. And you can tell he's going to be a megastar. He has everything that you want to be a top guy. You really, really do. So I thought he was fantastic. I thought another guy that looked really well tonight was Wardlow. Loved him tonight. He was fantastic powerhouse city he had that one clunkly clunky spot near the end with Hager I think that was at the point where both guys are exhausted and I was like God so you know that makes sense you got you big guys doing that so I thought that was well done I really liked what I saw from both guys there I love seeing the blood I don't know, it just gives like a match like that. You don't see that in WWE. It's like, come on, let's see some blood. Let's see something. This is supposed to be war games. 
God dang it. Give me some blood. Don't insult my intelligence. And that's the one thing I love about AEW. They do not insult your intelligence. They take this seriously. So let's get, before we let's answer some questions here, Matt Ward. Matt Ward, thank you so much. We'll read that in a minute. Sammy earned my respect tonight. Absolutely. Sammy Guevara just, he stepped up and showed out. He really did. That was the person I was so impressed with tonight. I'll have to message him and tell him, man, you freaking just knocked it because he was spectacular. And in a match like that, you always have one or two guys that just, that really stand out to you. To me, it was him and Wardlow. You know, you saw FTR bleeding. Jericho, MJF. I love that. You don't want to overdo it. And there's times I feel like AEW does overdo the blood. But in a match like this, it makes sense. So that's why I was like, you know what? If they all 10 guys would have blood, I'd been like, sign me the hell up. Let's go. But no, I thought it was extremely well done in that aspect. But Sammy Guevara definitely saw the good, and we're going through the good now. You know, like I said earlier, the announcing. JR, Tony Schiavone, Excalibur. Fantastic job. Really did a great job selling the match. Really, really impressed. The crowd, Jacksonville showed out tonight. Great job by that crowd. That crowd really gave you that, got you extra excited to want to see what was actually going to happen. And that's what you're looking for. You want like that genuine excitement. And that's what they did. And I thought that ended up being very well. I thought that was fantastic. And just you could see how how much they were into the match. That's what you're looking for in in a situation like that. I got another comment here. Love how Sammy and Ortiz and Santana did this the double spike pile driver. That was beautiful when FTR had undone the mat and they had the pine, and Santana and Ortiz had the pile drivers ready and the double spike. Onto the wood. Well done. And Santana did it later on in the match, just for a good measure to Cash Wheeler. So that was <laughs> that was pretty cool. That was also another really good spot. They they made the most of the, the stuff they had. And that was extremely well done, I thought. And that's how you got to do matches like that. Make the most of everything you got there. A lot of stuff thrown into the cage. I even liked when Santana and Ortiz were you know, they got thrown and they somehow got in between like the cage and the apron on the on the floor inside the cage. I thought that was really cool. So it's just like it's these little things, you know, and people are like, oh, I know it's just little things. But it's like the little things that matter. It's the little things that stand out. It's the whole aesthetics and the presentation of the entire match. And something like that is going to stand out. Now the bat. Because there was some bad. Those camera cuts. That was like almost. It was like Kevin Dunn liked. His camera cuts were a little, little silly, a little nonsensical at times. Especially like I thought it was more towards the beginning. I was like, like when they had it when it was two on one on and one on one when it was Guevara and Dax Harwood 
And then when it was um, Spears and Hartwood, I was like, oh, come on. Like, they got, they finally got it. But that took them an extra minute to really get going. But I will give good to the camera team. When it was Jericho and MJF on the top of the cage, great stuff. Top notch. I thought that was well done. The way they they stayed on that shot. They didn't get silly. They didn't do 15 million jump cuts, which Kevin Dunn normally does, which makes no sense and gives me a headache. This time around, I liked it. And that was extreme. I loved it. I thought that was really cool. And this leads to another bad. Not, I like the fact that MJF still threw him off the top of the cage. Because that's just a total heel and dick move. And then you got Shivani calling him a piece of shit. I thought that was, that was the line of the night. And I had that written down, piece of shit. So I thought just doing that, I thought was really cool. But the landing. You could have made that a little harder. You could have done something to make it not as obvious that it was a crash pad. Not a fan of that. You could have, they could have either, if you're going to do that, going to do that spot. You could have had some guys take that bump today or brought in a stunt guy and kind of go over the spot, see how it is. Have the guy who's going to take the spot do it to him and be like, hey, what do you think? You practice something like that. If you're having Jericho do that spot, which I had, which I thought was the right move, that was Undertaker doing that to Rikishi 2000, Armageddon, Hell in a Cell, and the six-pack challenge for the WWE title. I thought that was some weak sauce. You could have, if you're going to do that, you either, you do that or you do something completely different. You have to. You could have figured out a way. There's a lot of smart people in AEW, including the men in the, that involved the spot, especially Chris. You could have came up with something. You could have done something better. If you weren't willing to take a little bit of a harder bump, then come up with a better finish. It could have been done. Um, because he still could have, you could have gotten the same result. You could have had all whole inner circle get a beating. You could have had them all handcuffed. You, you, you could have done something along that, Jess, and they're beating the living tar out of Jericho, and he's getting his ass whooped with every weapon and blah, blah, blah. And You could have done something like that. I just came up with that now. And they're getting paid a whole lot more money than I am to to book that. So, But I thought that was something that I thought that was pretty bad in the match. Another thing that was bad. What was with these commercial breaks? You've been hyping this match. And what do I see? Commercial breaks. Now I get it. These companies make their money on advertising. I get it. But you could have. This is your biggest TV match of the year to date. You could have won no commercial. You could have front-loaded 
all these commercials. If you want to have one, then you have a picture-in-picture. Okay, cool. I get it. But then you go to two more, and then you go to the final commercial. You air like 30 seconds, and then I see 90 seconds of just straight commercial. What the fuck? You know? It's one of those things to where you're going to get people uninterested. And that's not what you want. This could be a big ratings night for them. I think they can do 1.4 million. I thought going into tonight, they could do 1.4 million viewers. On average. I really thought the average number could be that tonight because it's that big of a show. You had a lot. I know TNT. I know TNT and Warner Media were pushing it hard. I know a lot of guys like, and we. I said this earlier. You had a lot of people doing media. Front load them, and then you don't have to. If you have to throw one in, okay, cool. You air a night, year ninety second, two minute spots, but have that picture in picture. Okay, cool. I actually liked it when you had went to a, the picture in picture. You had Wardlow come in. You had another person coming in. I thought they was cool because it makes you not want to flip the channel. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. All right, you got me. Maybe it was, and then it was like, okay, we're seeing another one. Why? Then another one. Why? And it's like, felt like I was watching the Roman Reigns Daniel Bryan's Bryan match from SmackDown with way too many commercials. Maybe I'm being harsh, but I hated that. It just really disrupted my flow. Made me, if I wasn't covering this and this wasn't my living, I'd have been like, eh, I can watch it tomorrow. And I hate saying that, but you can't do that. Just lack of forward thinking on that side. I wasn't the world's biggest fan of that one. Um, But no, the match was awesome. It was the right finish, and we'll end with a good. The finish was great. The right team won. The right guy. Because Jericho didn't have the job. So that was the right thing to do. Smart creative. Because people were like, well, why are you putting this match on? Usually a match like this would be the blow-off. If you have good creative, you can you can navigate that. And that's what they're doing here. And I think that was so, so smart. Very smart by Tony Khan and the team. Really was great. That was a very creative finish. Because now nah, you can get all these matches. Now we start seeing stuff at Double or Nothing. You see stuff on Dynamite. Fight for the Fallen. You know, then maybe you do a big culmination at All Out or maybe Full Gear. And from what I'm told, actually, no, well, this will lead into when we give thoughts on Dynamite, the rest of the rest of Dynamite. I do have some news, breaking news. I do want to, from stuff I've learned from sources. But that's, well, we just got a big st- spiker, Stephen Mielhausen from DAZN, recapping. AEW Blood and Guts. What a kick-ass show it was. If you're watching via Facebook Live, it's simple. Leave a leave a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Thumbs in the middle. Any type of reaction would be fantastic. And leave a question or comment as well. If you're watching via YouTube, it's simple as well. 
leave a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Sammy Guevara is the latest YouTube video up. I will have a special announcement. Two big interviews coming up for the rest of the week. And part of what is coming up next week. Oh my God, you guys are going to be... I don't want to say. You guys will be excited. <laughs> I will put it that way because I I want to deliver for you guys. You guys deserve it. All right, let's go to thoughts on Dynamite. I thought the, I missed the Kenny Omega, Nakazawa, and uh, Moxley and Kingston. So I cannot tell you what happened. I was hanging out with my youngest son. We were we were playing cards. And to me, that was a whole hell of a lot more important than that. No offense. No offense to you guys, but my kids always come first in situations like that. When I had just gotten off work from the zone and want to sit and hang out with him for a little bit. So I couldn't tell you what happened, but I can tell you what I saw. Cody and QT Marshall, I thought a solid match. Did not like Cody bleeding. And this is why I didn't like Cody bleeding, because... To me, that takes away a little bit of what we were going to see in the main event. Wasn't the world's biggest fan of that one. I thought you could have... Really? You know what we're going to see later. Why do we need... I thought that was a little bit over the top. At first, and I put this on Twitter, at SMuelhausenJR. S-M-U-E-H-L-H-A-U-S-E-N-J-R. I didn't like... I, at first, I was like, oh, why is he winning? And then when Anthony Agogo came down and beat the tar out of Cody and draped the Australian flag over him, that was great. I love that. Agogo is the guy. He's the heater. So I don't know if he's ready for Cody, but I do like Agogo. They see a lot in him. They really, really do. He's got a good charisma. He's got a he's a natural athlete. He's got a good athletic background. And if you're going to learn and be in big matches, nothing wrong with your first big match being with Cody. So it ended up being ended up turning from a negative into a positive. I can go, I can go along with that. You had try to remember what and you had the four-way match for determining the number one contenders for the tag titles. You had SCU, varsity blondes, the acclaimed. Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Max Caster cut a killer promo. Good Lord. I love that kid. I kept hearing he was going to have a great promo for tonight. I thought Max Caster was fantastic. Not a surprise. Fantastic promo. Or a rap, whatever you want to call it. SCU got the win. The pile driver off the top rope. On to Brian Pillman Jr. SCU is the number one contender for the AE. No, they are they are already in the market. They will get the tag title shot next week against the Young Bucks. Get more into get more into it. And then we saw Darby Allen get beaten down by Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. After they beat down him and Sting last week. I thought that was a pretty good beating. I was a fan of that one. And then we saw. We, we had Miro come out and do an interview with Tony Schiavone. Miro facing the TNT champion next week, Darby Allen. Eve, if Darby Allen has to forfeit, 
Miro becomes the new TNT champion. That'll be interesting. And then we had John Moxley. The AE not the, the former AEW world champion. I thought this was great. A preview next week. The main event of next week's show will be John John Moxley defending. Think of this, guys. The IWGP United States Championship against the legendary Yuji, no, Yuji Nagata. Showed had New Japan highlights of the guys Moxley's beaten to retain the title. Had a big highlight package of Nagata. Had Nagata cut a promo. Moxley cut a promo. Oh, I'm, I'm feeling a whole bunch of good fuzzies. When I saw that, when I got, I marked out, I got pretty excited. That was well done. I like what they're, what New Japan and AEW are doing right now. That is how you do this. This is how you do partnerships. This is what I wish AEW was doing more with Impact. And that would be very nice to see. Talking about Impact. Here came then an interview with the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. The Impact and TNA Heavyweight Champion and the AAA Mega Heavyweight Champion of the World. The Cleaner. The Best Bout Machine. Kenny Omega. He, I love this. He had the AEW title around his waist. And with Nakazawa with all the other belts. Omega getting them riled up about blood and guts and said, Ah, you're the only ones that want to see. Then Shivani said that that Omega will be facing the winner of Pack and Orange Cassidy, which will be on next week's Dynamite. The winner of that match will face Kenny Omega at double or nothing for the AEW Heavyweight Title. Omega putting Pack over, saying he beat me in multi-man tag matches, he's beat me in singles matches, he's pinned me, he's made me submit. <coughs> And here came Orange Cassidy. And Omega just ran his ass down, saying he's not worthy of being in the spot. And I did, I loved Orange Cassidy's. This, gave him that blank stare. He's like, I don't know why people like you, you know, but you're very popular. Took off the sun. Put over the Ray-Ban, limited Ray-Ban's glasses, by the way. Took them off him. Put him on Nakazawa, which was pretty funny. Crowd was going nuts for Orange Cassidy. If I'm AEW, this is just me. If you were thinking of going with Pac, there would be nothing wrong if you did. But if we're in the pay-per-view selling business, which there, I'm going Orange Cassidy and Pac, and Orange Cassidy and Kenny Omega for the AEW title. Why not? Fans like it. The fans were into that. If you think about it, Orange Cassidy is their biggest merch seller. Kenny Omega is right now their biggest star. He is their world champion. Why not go that route? Nothing wrong with it. It could be a lot freaking worse. You could have worse choices for title matches. The promo was great by Omega. I like how he put over Pac. 
he put over the fact that wins and losses matter. That's why Orange Cassidy and Pack are in the position to face him possibly for the title at double or nothing. They really put that over. I thought that was well done by Kenny Omega. I want to see Orange Cassidy. I want to see that in Kenny Omega. Yeah, I know Omega's going to win, but you know what, though? That match would be fun. And also with double or nothing, full capacity crowd. The first AEW event that will have a capacity crowd. Tickets go on sale, I think, Friday. They're going to be doing a Dynamite on Friday and then a fan convention on that Saturday. Double or nothing is May 30th. The Dynamite is on May 28th, and then the fan convention is on May 29th. I may have to go to Jacksonville. I'm thinking about it. I know it's short notice. The zone probably won't be happy, but I think I may have to. I may have to do that one. May have to do it. But no, I think that's cold after doing that. Beating WWE to the punch. We'll see how WWE reacts to that. Usually WWE has a reaction to stuff like that. So we so we shall see. Next week's Dynamite is going to be stacked. You have John Moxley defending the IWGP heavyweight, United States heavyweight title against the legendary Yuji Nagata. You have Orange Cassidy and Pack. The winner meets Kenny Omega at double or nothing for the AEW heavyweight title. And also, the Young Bucks defend the AEW World Tag Team titles against SCU, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian. If, if SCU does not win, they have to break up as a team. So it could be the last time we see SCU as a tag team. So a very no, and we have Miro facing Darby Allen for the TNT title. Four big matches next week. That's what I love about Dynamite. They just stack. And they just stack. And they just stack. And they just stack. It's awesome. They also announced, AEW did announce that I want to get, I want to get this sucks. I, I, she's been one of the big, huge bright spots on the show. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, will be challenging Hikaru Shida for the AEW women's title. She is on a run right now. I, I, Shida's working the ring's been great. Britt Baker smashing it. That match is going to be a ton of fun. I want to end with this. Let's give the latest here on Daniel Bryan. Now, I was sicker than a you-know-what recovering from my second COVID-19 shot. And I I went to bed at like 9.30. So I had no idea. I just stayed off social media. I really I really haven't been on much today, and I worked all day. But Fightful Select reported, FightfulSelect.com, the great Sean Ross app, Adrian Wojnarowski, the Ariel Helwani, and the Adam Schefter of Pro Wrestling Media broke the news that Daniel Bryan's contract expired at midnight, or Saturday morning at midnight, after his match on SmackDown with Roman Reigns. Hence the loss, hence the beatdown. I was wondering why they did a concerto. But that is why, 
Great reporting by Sean, by the way. I thought that was just fantastic work. Um, but here's what I know as of right before we came on, just, just talking to some people while watching Dynamite. And Ring of Honor is going to, as of right now, no one's reached out to him. But I do know this. AEW was interested. Ring of Honor is interested. Impact is interested. And New Japan is interested. And no surprise, he is interested in all of them. But he's also interested in going to AAA. He's talked about CMLL in the past. And he has an interest in that too. But if he had to pick one right now, he would pick AAA. Because CMLL right now is just not in a really good spot. So AAA is something he has had his eye on as well. Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer reported and I have confirmed this as well from talking to people in WWE today, they're making a big push, huge push to keep him. They really are, and I can't blame them. Can't blame them at all. Where does he go is the million-dollar question. And, and all the big parties are getting brought up. I could see why he'd go back to WWE. His wife's there. You know, they're, he could do that in-ring work in his sleep. But the thing is, what challenges? He wants to be challenged. He just isn't, he's not, he's a guy that's not content. And he's been talking a lot about CMLL. He's talked a lot about Kenny Omega, his admiration for Kenny Omega. He's been talking about the Bucks. He's got an innate amount of respect for Kenny. He, it's one of the key guys he respects in his business. Is very highly is, he thinks highly of is Kenny Omega. It would just be very difficult for him not to. And he also brought up, and I thought it was something interesting too that for him he could wrestle in WWE and other companies as well. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. These guys are and girls are independent contractors. They should be allowed to go where the hell they want. I don't get what the big deal is. I hate that about wrestling. Really, 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 really do. I don't know. I really... I know everyone's interested. As of right now, I know no one... As of about... An hour ago. I know no one's reached out to him. I know Ring of Honor is going to. There's people. Fightful reported also. that They talked to some people in AEW. Two people in AEW. And one said they expect him to go back to WWE. I can get why. You know just with his wife. and. But if she truly loves him. Like she says he does. Let him go pursue his dreams. This is. He's born to be a wrestler. Good, bad, or indifferent. You know, and you know, I he's got two kids. I know with me, I know like I've altered my work schedule in different ways. Like now I love my schedule because now I know the times I can be with my kids. And to me, that's the most important thing to me at this stage of the game. Before it was all about traveling and, you know, doing this and this. And now it's, okay, I'll go out for big stuff. But if I don't have to, I'm content being home. And this one, people come to Chicago, I go. Yeah, that, that, that's just smart. Costs no one. It doesn't cost anyone money. 
just cost me gas, which is fine, and I can expense that, which is perfectly fine with them. But I don't know. I think if right now I think it's AEW, New Japan, WWE, Ring of Honor, AAA, and CMLL. I just and then Impact after that because I don't think he has any interest in Impact. But <clears throat> excuse me. That is the latest. This is, he's in, he, there's PW Insider reported, I've confirmed this as well. He's not on nothing. No booking sheets for the foreseeable future. He's on nothing for at least through May, from what I've been told. So it's going to be very interesting to see where Daniel Bryan does end up. And I think we'll get an answer sooner, sooner rather than later. We'll get to these final couple questions here about tonight's show. Matt Ward, could AEW do another blood and guts match between the Elite and Bullet Club once traveler restrictions are up? Well, look at you booking, fantasy booking. I thought about this. I've thought about it a lot, actually. I can see it happening. I really can. Um, Once these travel restrictions ease up, and everything gets back to, and I know Japan just, they're going through an outbreak right now. They've had like eight wrestlers have had to be off shows. The show, but they had some big shows this week. And like six talents, including Okada. Not able, they weren't able to get cleared due to COVID. So that one's going to be a while. If it, everything eases up, everyone gets vaccinated and gets kosher. That, oh, that absolutely. But this isn't a thing I would do more than twice a year. You don't want to totally bastardize, bastardize this like WWE does, where they do like 16 blood and guts, hell in a cell matches a show, and three money in the bank matches, and all these TLC matches, and one or two a year, cool. Anything more than that, no, you don't do. But that is one I can definitely see happening. Last question. Orange Cassidy did beat a former AEW champion, so it wouldn't make sense to give him a shot at Omega. He did. He beat Chris Jericho. That is very true. I would go with Orange Cassidy. Like I said earlier, I think he's very over. He's got a big fan base. He's their biggest merch guy right now, still. So he's got a lot of momentum. He's over with the fans. If you're going that route, this is the route I go. No offense to Pac. You give Pack a shot, not right now, but I would. Or you give him like a fight, fight for the fallen. You can go with Pack very easy, but I like the idea here of Orange Cassidy and Kenny Omega for double or nothing. And that is it for today. Thank you to everyone who watched. Thank you so much. It really means a lot. It's greatly appreciated. You can watch via watching via Facebook. It's simple. Just leave any reaction: a thumbs up, thumbs down, good, bad, or indifferent. Leave a reaction to the video. Also, if you're watching via Facebook, watching via YouTube, it's simple. Give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Sorry about that. You can find the pod. You can find Walkway to Fight Club on Facebook. It's simple. Just type in Walkway to Fight Club, like, and follow the channel. Also, we have our YouTube channel, like I said earlier. Just subscribe to the channel and give a thumbs up to all the videos. Also on Twitter, at Walkway Fight, and also on Instagram, Walkway to Fight Club, all in lowercase letters. 
the big surprise is coming up tomorrow. The special counsel to the tribal chief for the reigning, defending, undisputed, uncontroverted. I tried to figure out what that word means. I still don't know. For the universal champion, Roman Reigns, the one and only Paul Heyman. Talk about the special SmackDown Go Big episode coming up on Friday on Fox. Talk about that. Talk about, is Roman Reigns already the GOAT? If he's not, what does he need to do to get there? His thoughts on Cesaro. And I thought very, very intriguing thoughts in regards to Cesaro. Is Drew McIntyre versus Brock Lesnar, is Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns the biggest match WWE can make for WrestleMania 38 at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas? And also, the possibility we end up with Roman Reigns against Paul Heyman's, also a Paul Heyman guy, also a Paul Heyman client, the guy who's in Saskatchewan who loves being on his tractor and loves doing farming, the beast, Brock Lesnar. Very interesting. We talked to the Heyman hustle. And then on Friday, the cowboy, Donald Cerrone, Returns co-main event UFC fight night against Alex Morano. It's been a wild ride for Cowboy getting the getting the Saturday night. We talk about that. His thoughts on Diego Sanchez and that controversy. And he get his son's favorite movie. And we talk about his mental state going into the fight with Conor McGregor and where he is at right now. So I'm very a cowboy that I haven't heard in a very long time. So it's it was, Good to hear from Donald Cerrone. But thank you to everyone who watched. And also, don't forget, you can find the podcast. Rate, review, download, subscribe. Those are all important, guys. You have to do that for this continue to be free. Because I don't want to be charging money. I really don't want to do that. There's other places that do that. I'm not a big fan of that idea. So rate, review, download, subscribe to the podcast. This podcast will be up tomorrow morning along with... And the Paul Heyman interview will be up at 3 Eastern. So make sure you guys listen to that as well. Paul Heyman tomorrow. Donald Cerrone on Friday. Thank you guys so much. This is Stephen Milhausen. I'll talk to you guys later. Peace.